Craig Coleman is a professor of speech-language pathology at Marshall University in West Virginia. It's 2019, and he's running for vice president for planning for the American Speech-Language Hearing Association. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the CSP Podcast. I'm Jeff Steppen. I'm going to make this introduction very brief. Today's episode is going to be not a traditional episode in the normal sense, if there is a normal sense of the word, for my podcast. Today, I'm welcoming Craig Coleman onto the show to talk about his candidacy for the 2019 Board of Directors for the American Speech Language Hearing Association. Craig had reached out to me wanting to um, state his case for his candidacy for this year. We start the conversation by talking about what exactly the vice president for planning exactly entails. So that position, um, mainly the the job of that position is to oversee the strategic plan uh, in terms of making sure the strategic plan is current and that the objectives are being met. Um, it's also to work closely with the um, international relations committees and the multicultural committees. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what I read about that, what is the international relations committee? So um, ASHA has different uh, partnerships with different uh, speech and language hearing associations uh, across the world. Um, and so it's to kind of build those relationships and, and continue them. Um, so, for example, every country or not every country, but a lot of countries now st- are starting to have an ASHA equivalent. I see. And yeah. so it's it's to kind of establish those partnerships and, um, you know, build some coalitions because some of the issues that we face are fairly similar. I So I, I understand that the, the, the VP of planning uh, position, it's uh the day-to-day operations in terms of that, you still would uh, continue your uh, day job at Marshall University. This is a kind of a job where you're sort of going to ASHA meetings every so often. Um, obviously, you're going to the convention. Um, I'm guessing both major conventions, the ASHA Connect in the summer, and then, of course, the ASHA convention in the fall. Uh, you probably have several meetings a year with the uh, ASHA Executive Board. Is there anything else that I'm missing key to the position? Um, I'm pretty sure there's probably conference calls pretty periodically as well. Um, I think that they, the time that they tell you you'd be allocating per week is about 14 to 16 hours. Now that's, um, I, I've served in various ASHA roles before. Obviously, the board is a little bit more intense, um, but you know when you're on different committees and things like that, it, it's it's a fairly significant commitment in terms of the process. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. And I should remind the audience that you've, you've been involved in ASHA. I was looking up your bio and whatnot. But you've been involved, involved in ASHA for quite a long time. You're an ASHA fellow, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, so I want to ask, what um, if people voted for you, what would you bring to the position? What are your uh, primary objectives? You know, I have a few. Um, I think, first of all, I think there is a bit of a disconnect between in, in terms of engagement with ASHA members. And I think you see that in the elections for one uh, aspect where you have about 3% of ASHA members who vote in every election. That's it? Um, it's, it's a very, very low number. And um, so, you know, one of the, the main things that I want to bring to the position is communication. 
Um, I, I do, from serving on various ASHA committees and boards in the past, I feel like ASHA does do an incredible amount of things for us as speech-language pathologists and audiologists, but I don't know that those are always conveyed in the best way. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like a lot of members feel very detached. And I think we have to do a better job of engaging people and helping bring the discussion to them rather than waiting until the discussion is brought to ASHA or to the leadership. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I would really like to do is I would really like to set up, um, you know, monthly chats through social media and things like that where people can engage with me. One of the really good aspects of this position is when you're talking about planning, um, you have to have feedback from a lot of different people in, in seeing what issues people are facing, not only in the areas that you might know very well, but the areas that you don't know quite as well also. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I would have to rely on that communication with the members. And that's kind of why I'm trying to run the campaign the way I'm running it in terms of uh, really trying to get out there and communicate with people, because that's really something that I want to bring to the position if I if I get it. Um, I think that's that's the first thing. The other thing is I, I really think that hitting some areas of focus really hard over the next five years and bringing to the forefront um, improving the public's perceptions and knowledge of what we do yeah. is, is really, really key because that affects so many different areas. Um, you know, historically, we are really good at telling the stories of famous people who we work with, um, you know, whether it's Gabby Giffords or, um, you know, there's Kirk Douglas. There, there's been a lot of famous people. Who James Asha, Earl Jones. James yeah. Earl Jones, yeah. um, who Asha has kind of promoted, you know, in terms of, hey, let's tell their story. Yeah. But I think we're not very good at telling the story of the average person who benefits very significantly for what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of great stories out there to tell. And I think, you know, when we're trying to get in, get to people and get to the consumer, I think that might be a better way to tell the story because, you know, it's it's great if you see somebody famous, but the reality is most people sit back and say, well, that person has a lot of resources that I don't have. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it's an excellent point. I still feel, uh, having been an SLP for over 20 years now, I, I still feel like there's such a um, misconception and just lack of general knowledge of what a speech pathologist does. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's a worldwide thing or if that's just uh, primarily in the U.S. But, um, and you know, obviously that our positions have evolved over the years. Our scope yeah. of practice has changed, but you know, I still get a lot of uh, you know uh, simplifications of what I do. Um, you know, when when talking to the general public. So, um, and don't you feel like that affects a lot of different areas. I mean, because I, I feel like that really heavily weighs on our ability to advocate for reimbursement. Oh, completely. Um, yeah. It affects legislation and our ability to advocate for that. And it also affects issues with encroachment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, the, because the scope of practice have, has changed. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's your point about the engagement. I believe it or not, I do know SLPs who don't feel very engaged with ASHA, who don't reach out, who don't utilize what they have to offer. Um, I know, I personally know an, a speech pathologist who ha- is no longer an ASHA member. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in her opinion, if I can maintain uh, Illinois uh, 
licensure and retain my job without having to have ASH membership, then that's what I'm going to do because I don't think ASHA does anything for me anyway. And, uh, you know, I obviously I, you know, I beg to differ, but, um, I, I sort of understand where she's coming from. Um, and I think it's, you know, I I look at it as a two way street. I think, uh, it's like anything else. I think civic involvement in any, uh, sphere is, is important. And, uh, ASHA is no exception. I think that the organization is only as good as the people who decide to be involved with it. Right. Um, but I like, I like your idea of being proactive and reaching out and, and especially, I'm not a big social media user, but I think that taking that front is very, uh, is really important, I think. It is. And, you know, I, I've seen that change a lot over the last, I don't know, five to seven years where, you know, I, I think there's, if, if you'd be really interested in do a study on this, because I would bet there are more speech language pathologists right now who get their information from Facebook groups versus yeah. <laughs> journals or the actual leader. Yeah. And, and that's just because the, those people are looking for things like that are going to help them on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes we're not very good at communicating that type of information to people and getting it to people in the trenches. And I think that's what we have to do a much better job of. Yeah, m- most definitely. I think that, you know, your, your two objectives, I think, kind of really nail, at least for me, I think where, where the profession needs to uh, kind of go forward from here. Now you've had a lot of a long experience, a, a long history of volunteering and serving in different ASHA uh, committees and such. Can you just kind of give us a quick overview of that? Sure. Um, so I guess my my first um, experience with ASHA was when I was uh, out of school for only about four years. Um, I had kind of you know read an article in the ASHA Leader about getting involved, and um, I saw that there was a legislative council. Um, And so the Legislative Council was kind of like the House of Representatives, where each state had a number of representatives based on the population that you had in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Pennsylvania at the time, and we had a fairly large number of speech language pathologists in Pennsylvania. So I saw that there was an open there were two open spots that year. So I decided to throw my name in in the nomination pool and, and run for it. And then I saw the ballot and I thought saw all the people who were running against me. And I thought there's no way I'm ever going to win this. Mm hmm. Um, and so I kind of did what I'm doing now, which is I, I, I got out and I, you know, sent emails to people across the state. I told them that one of my goals was to improve the, the communication from the ASHA members to Pennsylvania. Um, and so I, I won. Um, and I did that for three years, a three year term. And um, I think we made really good progress in Pennsylvania in, in doing that at, over that three-year period of time. And um, right as my term was ending, the Legislative Council was going away um, okay. because that switched over to the Advisory Council now. Okay. Does that work the same way now, sort of like the same with rep- proportional representation then? or It's not. The Advisory Council is set up very different where each state has two representatives, one in speech language pathology, one in audiology, no matter what your population is. So it's much more of a Senate model versus a house model. Uh, okay. So yeah. So Rhode Island has just as much <laughs> say in the matter as California. Well, it, uh, you know, that moving to that model really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time. And I, I'm still not sure it does because the, the argument was always like, well, a body of 150 is too big of a body to ever get anything done but really it went from 150 to 100 and yeah. i'm not sure that's any better of a, of a size to get a lot of things done 
Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, it, well, you probably know this better than I do. Is there much dissension in terms of priorities and, and you know, regional or geographic, uh, uh, you know, predilections? I mean, it, is, does California's West Coast tend to want different things than the East Coast? I don't know. Um, you know, it never really broke down to me geographically when I was on the Legislative Council um, along those lines. Now, there were some pretty contentious debates at times about whether or not things should pass or certain, you know, uh, policies should go forward. But I'm, I'm not sure they broke down by geographic region very well. Yeah. Um, that was more along the lines of just, you know, who happened to believe what. Yeah. Okay. When you, put, you know, that many people in the room. Um, so, so Ashton had moved to that model and, you know, I kind of felt like I, I had got accomplished what I wanted to accomplish out of the legislative council. I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do the advisory council and right as my term was ending, um, Shari Robertson, who is actually the president of ASHA now, um, was the president of our Pennsylvania speech language hearing association at the time and was, was going off and the board. And she said, you know, you've done a lot of great things with the legislative council and improving the, the communication with the members. Would you consider being the president of the state association? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I, I took on that role for the next few years. Um, and I ended up actually serving two terms, uh, in that position, uh, while we got a licensure law rewritten. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, it was a very interesting time to be a, a president, um, but but I I really feel like that taught me a lot about leadership number one, and it really taught me a lot about how the legislative process works, which is really an invaluable experience to have. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, Pennsylvania, I mean, just I don't know proportionally in SLPs, but I would imagine, you know, Pennsylvania is probably the fourth largest state. I would imagine somewhere about that. It's probably um, pretty close. We had about 7,000, 7,500 SLPs and, uh, and audiologists. In the, well, that was just SLPs. I'm not sure about the number of audiologists at the time because yeah. that's trickier to figure out. So I did two terms at that. Right as my, my term was kind of winding down, I got my position at Marshall. So I went to West Virginia and I you know, finished my term as president from here. Um, and... Then after my term ended there, I, I started to do some more specific things with ASHA. Again, I went to be on the um, Scientific and Professional Education Board, which it kind of oversees all of the continuing education things that ASHA does and the um, conventions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I served also on the Ad Hoc Committee to Revise the Scope of Practice uh, in 2016 when we rewrote the uh, Scope of Practice in Speech-Language Pathology. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to being a coordinator of SIG4, which is stuttering, which is my area of expertise. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of always stayed active, and I think I've learned a lot in those roles about how to navigate the system. Yeah, and this is over a, about a 20-year career, something like that? Uh, I'm on 19 now, yep. 19, yeah. About as many yep. years, yeah. You're about my age, I think. Now, do you, you're an associate professor at Marshall University. Yep. Are you are are you primarily primarily teaching? Are you doing more administrative work there? Uh, so I I teach, I do research, and I do clinical supervision. Those are my three areas that that I mainly focus on. So uh, I teach our graduate level courses in stuttering, and I teach our graduate level course in professional issues and speech language pathology, and then I teach our undergraduate research uh, class, and then I supervise um, uh, our stuttering clinic. So you have you have an under, both an undergraduate and graduate program at Marshall. Correct. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I have to say I wish you luck in uh, in your in the election, and people can vote. And you don't happen to have the exact date. I know it's in April, 
of 2019. I believe it is. I, I, I want to say it opens April 16th and goes through like May 27th. Okay, so you have time to vote. Um, that's a nice thing about these elections. It's not as if it opens and closes as an, in a day. And with right. 3%, hopefully, I mean, we definitely need that time for people to to get in there if we want to increase those numbers. I suppose that's something else Asha can be looking at too in the future is how do we get more people to vote for the elections? You know, it's really interesting because I think part of the reason, part of the, the downside is I think it's almost too long. Um, that's interesting, know, yeah. I think it's too long of a period of time because I, I would really like to know the, num- the percentage of people who vote within the first like 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, that would be actually really good data to get. I wonder if Asha keeps that kind of... Uh... Those kinds of numbers, and yeah, you can take a look. I, I, I do think people just kind of think, "Oh, this is a month and a half process," and and even as a candidate, that wears you out over a, a little bit of time because I mean, you you want to do things leading up to to yeah. the election, um, but you kind of feel like you have to maintain that for the whole six weeks for the whole duration. Yeah, <laughs> and, and by that point, you know, you're still sending things out to people, and people are like, "Well, I already voted two weeks ago," right? You know, right, right. It's, it's tough to kind of navigate that long of a period of, of voting. But but I, I do hope no matter who people vote for, that, that they um, get engaged in the process, um, that, that they, you know, learn about the candidates and, and they make good decisions. And, you know, obviously I hope everybody votes for me, but I know that won't happen. But yeah, I do yeah. vote and get engaged. Yeah, exactly. Get engaged, get out, get on the, get online and vote. So, um, yeah, thank you, Craig, for being on the show and best of luck. Yeah, no uh, problem. It was good, good to join you. And, you know, as you guys go through and have your discussions with your, your listeners and other people on the show, if anything comes up that you feel like you want to uh, address with me or some ideas that people have, feel free to send them my way. Yeah, I'll link to your email if that's okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Okay. All right, Craig. Thank you so much for being on the show and good luck in this year's 2019 ASHA elections. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please do send them my way. Jeff at conversationsinspeech.com. That's all for today. I will see you guys soon.